Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mean Mass Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. What is up, guys? Today, we are going to be getting into the Mavericks live practice that was broadcasted live on NBA.com, available available for uh, viewers. Today, of course, it was at t- uh, 10.30. It got pushed back to 11 a.m. Central Time. Jason Kidd and Luca were mic'd up. A lot of good nuggets. It was about a two-hour practice. Mavs Twitter is already having their reactions going, so we're going to be eating all over that. And then we're going to be getting over um, covering some interviews from the last couple of days. Uh, just have came out of the uh, last two days of training camp with uh, Dwight Powell, Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, and Theo Pinson. But before we get into all that, here's an ad from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, Jaren. So getting into it, you said that you had something that you wanted to lead off the podcast with. What is that? Um, okay, I guess this might be one of the, the rare times I say this, but uh, huge props to the NBA. I don't know if it was the NBA that came up with this idea, NBA TV, whoever it was, huge props to them. Uh, this real training camp type thing, I think this is the second one that they've done. I think I think first was Philadelphia a few days a few days ago, and then now we, of course, got the Dallas Mavericks. Um, but great idea. I mean, coaching up or uh, miking up the coaches and then, of course, the star player, and that had to be Luca. Like, I think it's just a brilliant idea. It, it, it gives an insight to the basketball world that I don't think anybody's really ever seen. And just to have open access, even for one practice, like, I think it just does wonders for, like, fans who really don't have that access who could show up to those every day. Um, and, like, I don't know, getting to see, even though it was, like, a two-hour practice, like, that, there's so many things that you can learn in just that two-hour process, whether it's coaching staff or, or the players the, the or the point split scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that. I I, I found out about. Or, uh, yeah. I guess I learned about today. Um, but yeah, I mean, like brilliant idea. Props to them. I don't know who came up with that idea, but uh, they deserve a good weekend at the very least um, at the club, whatever it may be, or the Hyatt Hotel, or the, <laughs> or the Marriott, whatever the. Whatever Mark Cuban is putting the Mavs in these days, of course, only the finest five-star ref- no, restaurants. Finest, finest. Oh, hotels, my bad. Anyhow, though, um, yeah, I know. I think that's definitely a good segue. I would completely concur with you on everything you said there. Um, so just going off that point, um, what were your thoughts on the Mavericks open practice? Um, I guess specifically we'll start off just in terms of Jason Kidd and Luca being mic'd up. What did you take away from that? Yeah, you know, I think I think it was um... – kind of an insight that we really haven't seen like uh, you know we all knew Jason Kidd was kind of like this quote-unquote players coach a guy that you know was giving a lot of leeway to these players uh but we've never really seen the way he coaches practice and the way he coaches practice is like honestly it's it's enjoyable to see I think the players uh I I know Josh Green and everybody like that we're saying that that's why that they love being a Dallas Maverick is because it working with Jay Kidd like I don't know. It's, it's, it's practice of course, but it's on you. Like, um, I think, I think it was Jason Kidd who said this. He basically was like, I'm not going to yell at you. He's like, um, like you're going to be the one to earn your minutes. If you don't want to play, then you'll just sit at the bench. And, you know, he doesn't need to yell. He doesn't need to say any bad remarks or anything like that. It doesn't need to be stern. It doesn't need to be this consumed locked up practice. Like he's just 
you just be yourself and you'll get up, you'll get playing time. Uh, that that's really what I saw today through the whole practice. Um, in terms of Luca, I mean, you know, Luca, of course, was Luca. He was having fun most of it, or at least half of it. He was having fun. Uh, the possessions he was going, I would say, 75% in, like, it was kind of nobody could stop him. Even, you know, Frank had a few good possessions on that five-on-five scrimmage, a few good defense possessions. Um, but, I mean, it's Luca. There's not much you can do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I guess just centralizing back to this coaching staff kind of thing, learning a lot. Um I think Jason Kidd is not the only coach on this. And, of course, you're going to say, well, of course he's not. You know, Jerry Dudley got one, uh, I guess, drill. And Greg St. Jean, he had a lot of uh, a lot of things to say. And same with Sean Sweeney. I don't really – I think Tyson Chandler, uh, he's not like official – I think he's kind of a player development coach between the Legends and Mavericks. Um, but, I mean, like, it seems like every single coach has some sort of print on this practice. And I, I think that's really good for this Mavericks team. No, I would hundred percent agree with that. The Mavericks coaching staff seems very in sync with each other. Uh, just hearing the sort of like, you know, they'll, it was really cool to like see them like huddle up kind of after every um, segment of practice would be over and just kind of talk about, you know, the ins and outs, everything. Um, they're very in sync with each other. They all like each other. They were all wearing the, um, Summertime Saint Summer uh, of Saint Jean Summer of Saint Jean shirts together, um, as like their little, um, uh, they were wearing like the white shirts to distinguish themselves when they were doing like ball moving drills, um. So that was really cool. So yeah, um, from that perspective, really like to see how in sync the Mavericks coaches are with each other. Uh, I kind of want to go back to your point on Jason Kidd. Um, it just, I think definitely like the way, especially we got to see how he was coaching. You know. Throughout basically a whole practice today is emblematic, um, you know, in a very distinct change from his Milwaukee days and his Brooklyn days. Um, I remember in that book, I can't remember the uh, author who wrote it, but it was about Giannis Antetokounmpo's uh, career that came out last year. I apologize for not remembering the author or whatever. Um, but like there were like segments in that book, it talked about like when Jason Kidd was coaching the Bucks, like how sort of tumultuous uh, some of these practice would be these practices would be I mean at, at one point they had to run suicides until Larry Sanders um, essentially like passed out and like almost had to go to the hospital because um, I mean he was like started like coughing and like uncontrollably and it was just a really bad scene and you know it seems like Jason Kidd you know took that step to from you know being a really you know hard-nosed, you know, you got to do everything type coach to, you know, still holding a certain standard of accountability. Um, but at the same time being assertive, but not, you know, un unjustifyingly like aggressive towards players in a manner that's going to, you know, cause them to get dismayed or not, you know, just not going to, you know, like create resentment towards your head coach. It seems like um, he has had a, you know, very distinct change in terms of the way he's able to relate to players. You know, he's really good coach from the perspective that, you know, he's getting into these guys, giving them constructive feedback, being accountable, you know, holding them to a certain standard, but not just dogging them to the point that it just seems like a personal attack. And that's the hallmark of a good coach. And, you know, if, if they screw up and, you know, they're not fixing it, you know, he's not going to, you know, he realizes that's on them. Like he's going to let the, 
you know, their playing time reflect that. It's not going to be as much of a, you know, verbal altercation type thing of, oh, you suck and all that. So that shows me, you know, it just, for, I mean, obviously we kind of saw this last year, you know, just from quotes that were coming out before, you know, especially after the hesitancy involving Jason Kidd's hire. But, um, you know, this show just furthermore proves that Jason Kidd has took a huge um, leap and bound as a, you know, NBA head coach. And obviously we, I attribute most of that to his stop in uh, Los Angeles and win that championship with Frank Vogel as an assistant coach on that stuff. Yeah. You know, bringing up that uh, kind of like improving as a coach and leader and communicator, uh, Brendan Haywood actually had a really good quote about Jason Kidd. And this was back in their playing days. Uh, I think, I think it was like 2011 mm-hmm. to be specific. Um, but Brennan Haywood had a really good quote about Jay Kidd. And he was like, Jason Kidd is the only guy that can yell at you without raising his voice. And I thought that was pretty unique, you know, in, because you see it in the practice throughout today, uh, or I guess yesterday, whenever y'all are listening to this, um, you know, he's a guy that we've, we've literally have been saying this for the last five minutes, 10 minutes. Uh, it's on you, you know, at the end of the day, it's on you. Like you're the, you're the one that's supposed to be making uh, these changes. You're supposed to be adapting. You're supposed to be, communicating it seems like you know communicating is kind of becoming this dna of the team uh like from i guess just the blueprint of it you know it all comes down to it um and i mean yeah i mean that's what they talked about literally at the start of practice jason kidd he you know started off practice with talking about you know how communication is key you know obviously talked about all the players you know getting their foundations and donations and what have you and Tim Hardaway Jr. was very adamant that we all need to purchase stock in Salty Donut. Yeah, Salty, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I knew I heard something about donuts. Yeah. I saw your tweet. Um, but no, yeah, like, I think, uh, like, one thing that just kind of sticks out to me is, like, I and look, like, I, I don't really know around the league how everybody else's training camp is going and how everybody's roster, besides the Suns, I think that's going to be really awkward. Um, but it, it's just – just like a, a different feeling come out of this camp. Like guys are buying in, maybe not Christian Wood right now, but um, guys no, are buying no. in. Um, and, you know, it's just becoming a big sort of chemistry kind of thing. And I, I feel like we're not really seeing this across the league. And that's really honestly why these last three, four days, I've become so optimistic about this Mavericks team. Um, it's because it, it's just like a different feeling in the air. Uh, I know – Nick on a locked on maps, he kind of said it was it was just a way different feeling in the building whenever it was under the Rick Carlisle uh, coaching staff. You know, yeah, I mean it, they wouldn't even let media in uh, under the Rick Carlisle regime. He didn't have open practices. Yeah, no, and most part. yeah, like for that matter, like I don't know, it, it's just <clears throat> Jason Kidd seems to be way more open to the idea of media having fans around, um, coaches. I know he had a, I, I think it was today. Um, a lot of college coaches are coming yeah. in, whether it's women's college or uh, men's, you know, they're all coming in trying to pick Jason Kidd and the coaching staff's brain. And I, I really appreciate that. You know, it's, he's, it's not just about the Mavericks, you know, he's trying to spread the game. Uh, we'll see how much that comes into effect for the Mavericks, maybe with scouting uh, for maybe young prospects or I anything mean, yeah. like that. I mean, Jason Kidd has like two select basketball teams um, for like, girls uh aau in high school and stuff so you know he he's very cultural um it's, culturally like 
apt to the game. Yeah, it's all it's all a part of like loving the basketball, like loving basketball. And you know, I think Jason Kidd represents basketball really well from what we've seen really over the last year and hopefully going into this next year. Um, yeah, I mean, like bottom line is I'm really excited and this team just they're building something special and I, I think you'd have to be blind to not see that. No, most definitely. Um, so I guess obviously, um, let's get into the actual play from uh, this live sort of live stream practice, whatever you want to call it, because you know we've covered um, Jason Kidd, you know Luca being mic'd up, and the coaching staff and their cohesion between each other. What were your general thoughts on you know the actual you know, four on five, five on five scrimmages? Like, what do you want to lead off on? Uh. Bottom, like, all right, okay. We just got to say it out here. Josh Green. Um, I, I don't think that you can put it past the guy. He, he is, uh, it, what seems to be improved. You know, he's had a really good camp, according to Jason Kidd, these last, or I guess the two days previously to this, uh, open practice. Uh, but it was really indicative to what we've seen or from what we've heard, I guess, of, uh, all the guys around the Mavericks who've really seen it, um, seen Josh Green kind of improve this offseason. Uh, I didn't know this. I don't think really anybody knew this, that he was working out with Kyle Lowry. Um, I actually didn't know that they shared common trainers. I, like, I, of course, like, didn't know that much in depth. Um, but we can see leaps and bounds that this guy's improved by. Just, just in the demeanor of his game, you know, he's mentally improved, physically, of course, improved. He looks really good in shape. And um, basketball-wise, I think that there was, like, a 12-point stretch where it was corner three, and then to me, what looked like an and one, yeah, uh, drive, and then another corner three, and then a few minutes later, he hit another corner three. Like this guy just didn't miss. He didn't miss a beat. Um, even passing the ball, he's making the right decisions on passing. No, there's so there was one um, particular play where uh, he came off a screen at the left wing on a three pointer, um, sort of gave like a dribble hesitation, got into the lane, then explodes to the rim, and just like backfires. A pass to Davis on the cut for and Davis is an easy oh, layup. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking and about. that I mean, that was he just looks like he's moving with a new level of intent, would be the best way to describe it. Even as a spin move, they got fouled on by JaVale. That I feel like last year he could have easily got swatted on. Um, he's using his dribble combos and his explosion and his athleticism to get to the rim and you know, forge his way to the rim rather than you know get there and you know oh be like oh what the hell do i do you know everything's moving tangentially with each other um it's all in sync and i think that's been the biggest difference from what i've seen and i thought it was you know funny that you're bringing up that josh inner uh josh green interview from today um kyle lowry actually told him you know i guess to like stop playing hot potato yeah. with the ball which i thought was hilarious um but you know he just seems like he's moving with a lot more purpose like and this is, you know, highly encouraging to me because, you know, the athleticism, the defensive, um, you know, potential has never really been in question for this guy. It's always been, you know, can he knock down a spot up shot and can he, you know, ha like develop like fluid basketball movement, um, you know, in like 
like with his athleticism and with his defensive capabilities. And that's what I'm, you know, starting to see out of training camp. I obviously don't want to overreact too much because we haven't even seen him, you know, play a preseason yeah, game yet. I mean, it is day three of practice. Yeah. But I mean, he looks really good out there. There's no denying that. I mean, even his shot looks a little better. It looks a lot more fluid. It, I mean, I feel like Josh Green would like kind of like jump and then sometimes release it like right when he's about to hit the floor. Like his shot looks a little more polished. I don't, I could just be me making a weird observation, but I don't know. That's from what I've seen. Yeah. He like it looked like he had a great day at camp. Um, so, you know, that's some of the positives. Uh, what other positives did you see from camp today? Uh, Jane Hardy. Um, Jane Hardy. Uh, really, there's no putting past it. Like this guy, he's young, of course. We're seeing raw talent, or we're seeing, I guess, the rawness of his basketball game. You know, he's making some pretty questionable decisions, but we see guys like Tim, Luca. Uh, I will say Jordan. that he does look a little more polished than in summer he looks league. a lot more polished. I don't know. Like he said, it, he'd been working out with. Um, was it was it Greg St. Jean? Yeah, uh, yeah, Greg and I think Sean like pretty much all summer up until now. And it, I don't know what it is, but that month and a half of working out seems to be really paying off. Uh, he looks way more poised than he did in summer league. Uh, he's looking kind of, I, I don't know, like I, I don't want to be optimistic, too optimistic here, but he could crack some rotational minutes if he keeps playing like this. I mean, after all, like it's day three, but then again, like on the optimistic side, it's only day three. Like we have a lot more to see. Um but yeah, I mean, like the kid is making like some overall pretty good decisions. Uh, he he's a pure score. He made some finishing like, some tough drives. Yeah, he uh, his, his finishing is what's been really indicative for me. I mean, the the shot. I, I haven't really seen Jaden Hardy's shot like in terms of yeah. live action really like, coming to fruition too much, just because he hasn't really been taking much. But it seems like the decision making, like, to your point. Um, is better because, you know, he's not really taking those yeah, exactly. tough shots that he kind of had to take and overcompensate for on that Maverick Summer League roster. But the drives that he's getting, I mean, he's had a couple tough finishes. So I want you kind of, for those uh, fans that didn't watch, could you describe in detail uh, the Maverick drill where they had everybody going at each other? Um, and then Jaden Hardy had this tough Eurostep finish um, uh, over Maxi. Yeah. Uh, it, okay, so they were putting like this one-on-one small big, or I guess big small drill, and uh, he right out the gate decided to pick Maxi Kluber, who honestly is probably the best defender. Um, and let me just point this out: you know, the kid he has confidence, and that's one thing that I don't think a lot of people have in this league is uh, the confidence to pick the best defender. You know, you're you're a new guy on the block. It's technically the fourth day of training camp. And you're picking out the best defender on a one-on-one drill. Like, I, I don't think you see that in very many rookies, especially second-round rookies. Um, so, anyways, back to that. You know, uh, picked out Maxi, <clears throat> this one-on-one small big drill. Hits hits him with, like, this god sham god esque move. And he got Maxi just kind of rotated on the outside of the hoop uh, and instantly drove to the hoop and uh, with explosive power. And, you know – in a sense, I think it was kind of he, – he got fouled for sure. Um, put the buck – like, put it put it on the right spot in the backboard and it went in. Uh, and I think that's really indicative of kind of the work that he's been putting in this offseason to make the right decisions, uh, know when to make a move and know when to pass up on a move. And I think that we're that, – that's a really good drill in the sense of, you know, of course, like finishing one-on-one with some defenders. Um, 
but you know that that move especially i think stuck up to pretty much everyone yeah no i you know obviously training camps a time to test things um breed competition um you know breed uh a competitive desire within your players and um you know this is a time where you know you're a little less fearful of you know preserving guys health and things of that nature you want to see guys go at it you want to see you know what this roster has to an extent you know you may know on paper but you got to actually see these guys play so it was really cool to see the implementation of that drill from the Mavericks coaching staff. Um, it also kind of kind of reminded me back to my football days, like, you know, um, like when we'd uh, – it, it'd be uh, in fall camp, for instance, and, you know, we'd always have, like, you know, one-on-one drills in the middle of the field with the whole team surrounded. That's kind of what the Mavericks were doing to this extent um, with this drill. They just kept going at each other because, you know – you have to spark that ambition at the beginning of the season. You know, this obviously may not be a drill that the Mavericks are going to be doing like in the regular season, I'm sure, uh, too often. But it was really cool to see the guys go out and get some good one-on-one, um, com- you know, scoring against each other and uh, having the bigs play defense. And, of course, Davis Bertans had to unfortunately move to a big. Yeah, he had, to, get, yeah, he had to move to a big. because um, Only because the players complained. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Um, but – I guess speaking defensively on that drill, I know Jerry Dudley pointed out there was a point where there was eight straight stops for the defense uh, in a row. And um, I don't know. I think that that speaks to kind of like this improvement that we've made in that kind of big position this year, uh, whether it's uh, – I get, I wouldn't even say Christian Wood right now just because he didn't even participate in that drill. I don't know if that was a coaching decision or him. Um, I'll leave it at that. But JaVale really impro- – or JaVale really uh, – did well on that drill. And then Maxi, I like, I don't think there's enough said about him. Like he, he uh, performed great in not only five on five, but also that drill, uh, you know, offenses look, look, looks a little shaky, but I, I think that just only comes with time. Yeah. And and not to mention uh, the stellar performance of uh, Mogi. Oh, okay. Mogi, he actually did play pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had some good defensive possessions in that drill. I will say that much. Um, So, you know, past that drill, we've talked about, Luca, Jaden Hardy. Um, we've talked about Josh Green and uh, Maxi, all kind of standouts from this day in camp. You know, Maxi, especially defensively. Um, you know, JaVale, JaVale played good. Uh, JaVale really showcased to me his rebounding yeah. in some of these uh, scrimmages. He obviously played like really good posts and, um, you know, is a solid rim protector. You know, JaVale just projects exactly like we've been talking about him on this podcast for the last like two months. He's he's steady. We know you're going to get from him. You know, he's not going to come in, of course, and, you know, be a second team all NBA center or anything like that. But he's a guy that's going to come in, provide steady rim protection, you know, offensive and defensive rebounding and a great lob threat. And he even knocked on a corner three today. Yeah, he did knock maybe, down a maybe, three. maybe we might see JaVale take a couple corner threes this year. I think he has it slightly in his game, at least. So it, 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 his jump shot looked pretty fluid. Already. Yeah, I know. It's it's not terrible. And, you know, to see, like, Brennan Haywood talking about the maturation of JaVale on the broadcast from his Wizards days to, you know, now being a three-time champion was uh, really cool and indicative of just how much, you know, you can't be quick too quick to judge a guy at the start of their career. You know, guys mature, guys develop. So I, I think we can say that we witnessed this firsthand with Josh Green. It's one day of practice, but it's time to over. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say Josh Green was really – well, you know, it, cutting it up with Swaggy P on the bench. Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't he wasn't quite checked in a full MVP, Yeah, so. but, <laughs> he has had some interesting moments over the last year. Or so the um 
but yeah, no. So I, I would definitely say that both, you know, Maxie and DeVale were all positives. You know, Luca played a steady, you know, solid five on five, four on five scrimmage. You know, he had his moments where he just seemed like he could take over, but also seemed like he was holding back a little uh, to an extent, you know, his training camp. So um, he, he uh, honestly impressed me with just like his ball hawking ability. I don't know how much that was. Yeah, you guys... did. are you talking about like rebounding wise or like in terms of like stealing? Uh, oh yeah, stealing. Uh, he'd yeah, pick, yeah, he'd pick. He did. Off. He did have quite a few. Um, his off ball defense was yeah. really impressive, and uh, to see Luca in some of these mic'd up moments, like you know, we don't we all all we get to really hear is like base level stuff from Luca. So I feel like some Mass fans may get the um, interpretation that he's like you know not the smartest guy. He's just really good at basketball. But he knows the the Mavericks' offense and defensive system to an absolute T. He just, you know, isn't really a vocal guy, so he's not going to express that in interviews and things like that. But, I mean, he was calling out uh, coverages. He was calling out offensive plays. I mean, he he knows this uh, Maverick system uh, to the absolute fullest. And as he should. I mean, he's he's looked at – this, this really was a full-circle moment for me because, you know, I still look at Luca as, like, this young, talented guy, and he's, he still is, but – uh, whenever Josh Green had his post-interview, his post-practice interview, uh, he was like, uh, some of these veteran guys like Luca, and I was like, dang. I was like, I guess Luca's really looked at as a veteran for some of these younger guys. No, I know. That, that, was, that was pretty weird. But. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Luca's really not that old. He's, <laughs> he's only 23. 23, so <laughs> it's not even near his, prime, his technical, if you're projecting in terms of the typical NBA player's prime, he's not even close yet, so. That is um, – that's actually really funny. Um, but, yeah, so, I, I mean, I think for the most part, I thought Frank and McKinley Wright had some decent camps. And if we're talking about our, our pseudo ball handlers section. Um, yeah, so um, I guess besides that, did anybody else stand out to you for as um, positives um, from um, training camp today? Yeah, you mentioned McKinley Wright. He didn't look too bad. Um Joel McGee, he looked pretty good. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we pretty much got it. Davis, honestly, he made some pretty good cuts. Yeah, yeah, some good. And Davis was really consistent. Three. Oh, Tim. Oh, Tim, yeah. Okay, Tim, yeah. Tim played uh, honestly really good. And I mean, it was typical Tim. It was like yeah. I didn't really watch Tim defensively, albeit even though um, apparently uh, Nico Harris – oh, Nico Harris on the broadcast, you know, reiterated that Tim, <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr. is a free agency acquisition and that he is an improved defender within Sean Sweeney and Jason Kidd's scheme. So that was really interesting. But I didn't really watch Tim defensively much, you know, I'll be honest, just because the the four-on-five pace is, like, so fast, it's hard to pick up on guys' defense. Um, But, yeah, Tim was, you know, he was draining threes. So that was cool to see, Um, you know, Reggie and Doe. Dorian, uh, he didn't miss a beat on his shooting. Like, he's still shooting those corner threes at heart. Like, it's kind of just – him now like I think he's I think this year it's he's going to become known as this guy who's a true 3 and D he can actually knock down the shots it's not just some weird year where he's making them I think that this guy is going to be known around the league as a shooter or somewhat of a shooter um but yeah one thing that stuck out to me about Tim was kind of like the way he he's bringing uh Jane Hardy like under his wing almost like anytime I see these guys together you know they're always shooting around uh Jane Hardy seems to be having a good time with him, whether I, like, I don't of course know what they're talking about, but they're always together. It seems like they were shooting free throws and shooting threes uh, and shoot around and they were both together and seemed like they were both having a good time. So I think that that's going to be kind of like a, a good little duo to see. I think Tim is a great guy to learn under a uh, good veteran presence, of course. And I think Tim is 
in a way matured his game to become like kind of like this leadership to this cut, like to these young guys. And I, I'm actually like really excited to see how that duo kind of, or I guess how that relationship uh, evolves. evolves. Yeah. No, most definitely. That was really uh, cool to see uh, from my perspective as well. Um, so obviously we've covered all these positives about Mavs training camp, but we have not addressed the elephant in the room. Oh that is Christian Wood. Mavs Twitter is in a frenzy. They're ready to, they're already pulling out the Christian Wood can be, Traded in aggregate as of now, September, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but so we're going to go be getting all into that um, or, you know, as much as there is to cover, which I don't know how much there actually is. It's, but like at the end of the day, like, I mean, hold your horses. Like it's it's one day of practice. Not yeah. Like, one day that we that. actually only saw. Yeah. So, Jaron, um, that's why I don't want to overreact too much. You know, we're obviously going to cover, cover the positives from these guys. But, you know, I'm not – as much as Josh Green did good, it is a day of training game practice. Like, we can't be too quick to judge on any of these things. We want to make that clear, and we want to preface that. So what did you think of Christian Wood's um, day at Mavs training camp today? And what do you think of the fan reaction to it? Uh, let me, I guess I'll start by saying this. Like, fan reaction, as per usual with the Mavericks, it's definitely 100% an overreaction by far. Like, this is – might be one of the worst overreactions, I think. And I've this seen. would not, this would never have happened if they just never live stream training camp. I know, if they, if we they, would never hear a word about this. We would never know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's a good thing that we wouldn't know. Yeah. I guess now we know, but um, like for real, like it's one day of practice. It, I think if this kind of trickles well into the regular season, we could be looking at ourselves two months from now saying, you know, let's ship this guy off. Oh, well, like, what do we give up for him? That's why I'm not too pressed. Like, we really gave up nothing for this guy. He's kind of just, quote unquote, icing in the icing on the cake. Um, I, I guess I'll Maybe take besides uh, first. Obviously, I mean, who that twenty six? Window more. Yeah, window more. So yeah. we'll see what he turns out to. But yeah, to be. Um, I'm going to try my best to pull out one positive, and that was the fact that he seemed like he was begging the coaching staff to be, try um, out being like kind of the center oh man it's at the five yeah he yeah. was pining for that yeah uh and I, I think that's kind of in like intrusive to like this guy you know he wants to play uh of course we didn't really see that on the effort level tonight or i guess today um but i i, th I still think like he's trying uh i think there's like some sort of adaption level that has to come around you know it's his first time being on a winner cult winning culture um and I'm not trying to defend him at all. Like, bottom line is, you know, you got to put 100% effort into this if you really want to play. Do you think it was an effort thing? Or do you think it was more of uh, uh, him just being kind of passive on sort of these things? Because I don't know if it was necessarily his effort or do you, or do you think it was no, effort? No, I, I, think, I think as the practice went along, it turned into effort. And then I think maybe Sean Sweeney, maybe somebody told him something. Uh, and it seemed like he kind of just flipped the switch and it, it seemed like too late into practice to really notice. Um, but as soon as, you know, he's kind of pining for these five minutes or uh, minutes at the five, uh, it kind of just flipped. I think, I think, you know, <clears throat> being on a winning culture, like you got to put it past yourself. Like it's not about you. It's about the team. Spencer Dinwiddie had a really good, I think he had an interview process or he did actually have an interview with NBA TV. And he was like, I was traded here mid season if this team was ranked 29th in the league, I would be like, all right, there's got to be a change. you got to start me. Um, but because they were one of the best teams in the league at the time, or I guess really not at the time, but it, it was soon to be that way. 
uh, he was like, all right, he, he stepped in and he asked coach, he's like, what can I do to be, to make this team better? It was never about him. Uh, it's always about the team. And I think Christian Wood just kind of needs to realize that. Um, I hope he does, you know, yeah, and, we, we don't know if he does or not. Yeah. I, we won't, we won't know. Um, and I don't know, like, I would say it's kind of being unfamiliar with this coaching staff, but then again, like it's not because he had, I think it was a season with Sean Sweeney, uh, back in Detroit. Yeah. Um, I don't really, of course, I don't like Sean was a coach. He or, may have had, and I was Jason. I feel like Jason Kidd's Bucks, Bucks tenure was over before. Yeah, it was, I think it was over. It, he might've had, I mean, don't quote me on that, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not even as much, you know, familiarizing your, with the coaching staff, I feel like, as it is, you know, just being with new guys, being in a new system, being in a winning, winning culture for the first time in his career. And I'm not going to take too much from uh, one training camp. We know how, you know, uber talented this guy could be offensively. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the defensive uh, part of that, you know, is still yet to be, you know, remains to be seen if he can adapt on that end. But I, you know, I you can't convince me that Lute, you know, we didn't get to really see any minutes with him and Luca either. No, you know, it, that's a good point as well. I don't think we saw one possession. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm we sure. you can't discount that the lob connection there is not and and pick good. and pop connection would just be bad. Like there's no no way you can convince me on that. Regardless of how body and Christian Wood is not, he's he he can just walk and he'll get lobs from Luca the way that they'll end up working together. Um, but do you have any other thoughts on the Christian Wood stuff? Um, I just. Like, there's no point in overreacting. Like, yeah, we'll see how he plays in preseason. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think we'll really see what we have on our hands until we see game form, uh, Christian Wood. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm I mean, it could have really... been anybody yet that had, a, you know, just one bad yeah, day of like, practice. Luca could have had a bad day of practice. And I will I mean, tell you, Reggie, this... Reggie didn't like outshine anybody. He didn't really have the best day. He missed a couple threes. Yeah. You know? Like, Reggie didn't have a good day. Um, I didn't see anything about Dwight. Uh, oh, yeah. And, I think he had a couple of okay defensive possessions in that one on one drill. Yeah, I did did, actually. And uh, Frank, I think that was really about it. But I mean, Frank had a decent day. I I don't think he had a bad day. I saw uh, Bibbs, I think it was. He kind of had like, he put like a report negative. Yeah, and he called him. It was one of the negatives on the day. I mean, I I would say Frank didn't do anything to move the needle whatsoever, but he had like one nice and one and he played solid. I I just don't think he was like a, a positive if you're comparing. The Frank to Josh Green agenda. Obviously, Josh Green's in the lead right now. Yeah, from what we're needing out of uh, Frank, like I, I think in that sense it was a negative because uh, we just didn't see great playmaking at all. Yeah, and facilitating. He wasn't really put in the most like ideal positions either, though. Like yeah. he was he, at a lot of times that you know he was having to play off ball. So I like I said, this is why you know, you know, this is why not every single practice and training camp is broadcasted. Well, I mean, this is not obviously the reason, but. Obviously, Mavs, you know, NBA fans in general would just go nuts over everything that happens. So, you know, we, we got to judge these guys based off their game performance. You know, this is obviously – this is what they're working up to. But it was really cool to see this insight. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, I guess just overall, like, how did you think practice went? I mean, I thought it went good. It was, a, like, I – you know, just from a standpoint, like a team standpoint, um, it shows you, like, how culturally – like inept and ingrained like the winning attitude is in this Mavericks team. Um, and that was really cool to see. And you know how everybody, their chemistry is just so in sync. Like, you know, from that perspective, you know, that is unique to a lot of other NBA teams, even if other NBA teams may more ha- may have more talented rosters. Exactly. 
So I, I really enjoy seeing that this Mavericks team, and it gets me excited for the season, um, to say the least. Um, but yeah, um, I guess segueing um, from that, it was really cool to see that. Um, obviously, we already kind of talked about the uh, Josh Green interview. There's a couple interviews from you know post training camp that we'll touch up before we end this podcast. Obviously, Dwight Powell, Jaden Hardy, and um, Theo Pinson. and Theo Pinson had interviews. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, or just give me a couple digs from those interviews. Don't got to go too deep, but what were your thoughts on those interviews over the last couple of days? Yeah. Um, I guess like, I really don't remember the Dwight Powell interview. I think he kind of talked about his time on the international team. Oh um, yeah. Canada. Yeah. And I think, I think that, you know, it's just kind of representing your country. Like who doesn't want to do that? And uh, for a guy like Dwight Powell, who's such a great leader on the team, uh, I think that that was kind of special. And obviously time. Dwight Powell being on the leadership council. Being, that, yeah, yes. being on the one of three. I don't think we've mentioned that on the pod. Like He's on the leadership council, one yes. of three guys. And it also came out today, uh, per Mark Stein, um, I don't know if he tweeted it specifically, if it was in his sub stack or, you know, he's on a podcast saying it, but I saw, or maybe even on like Spotify Live or something. Um, but I did see somewhere on Twitter, you know, albeit if it's true or not, I saw like one tweet about it, but the Mavericks are uh, supposedly are not legitimate contenders for Jay Crowder and do not have interest in him. Yeah. Like, and again, if that is true, I don't know how much of this is like coaching staff being like, all right, is this guy going to come in and make a bad locker room presence like he did in Phoenix? Um, Cause I think that there's a real possibility of that. You Cause know, fit wise, like, it makes complete sense. No fit wise. Uh, like and you, on get, the court, you add another th- really good three and D wing and get rid of the un- one of an, your unneeded big man. Yeah, exactly. Like fit wise on the basketball court, like perfect, perfect move. Um, but we've seen really all last year, like that playoff run was not just players on the court. It was the bench. And uh, is that guy going to come in and affect kind of the chemistry and accountability that this team has on each other? And honestly, I, I confidently can probably say it would maybe mess some things up. Um, I don't know. It, Me personally, I, I think he would be much more attuned to the Mavs culture and buy in and especially I feel like you know Jay Crowder even if he came off the bench he wouldn't be like some sort of illegitimate bench role he would still get like 20-25 minutes a game but that's just my personal opinion I'm not going to argue for either side it is what it is you know it sucks we'll see what the Mavericks do going forward if they uh, choose to do anything with that last roster spot you know I know Isaac unlocked on Mavs said he was confident the Mavericks are going to make a move before the season starts can't really say I'm there yeah, yet. I, was like, I don't know if I'm quite. Um, but. Yeah, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, yeah. I felt like Dwight Powell's interview was very um, sort of cordial. Talked about his national team, you know, his leadership, you know, mentoring young guys. Jaden Hardy's interview, I uh, didn't really feel like too much emanated from that. Besides the fact that he'd been working out with this coaching staff the last couple of months, like you had mentioned, yeah, and the fact that he just seems like really giddy and excited um, to you know get the season kicked off and you know seeing the guys uh embrace him after that and one today was really cool uh that was a, one of my favorite moments um or probably my favorite moment from the whole day to be honest with you um so yeah i didn't feel like too much emanated from that uh touch up on you know obviously you already got into josh green a little is there anything more you want to talk about with him in terms of his interview today um i know nick Inkstadt had a really good question about uh like have you seen film or have you watched film on the kind of playoff minutes that you did get. Oh, yes, and, this uh, was a good dig, yeah. yes. And uh, Josh Green kind of responded with, like, you know, it it hurts to watch, and I hate to say, like, uh, that I have watched it, but, you know, you got to learn from the positives and negatives, and that's basically what he said. Um, 
And I think I that think shows growth. I mean, as yeah. for a young guy to come in and do that, you know, having watched that over the summer, that's um, that shows a lot to me. Yeah, no, it, it shows a lot of growth, a lot of maturity. Uh, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he said like the most film he's watched has been that playoff uh, film. And he's growing from his negatives, of course, and growing from the bad. And uh, I think that we're going to see a much different Josh Green, I hope. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, really, that's about it from the interview. You know, Theo Pinson, uh, he kind of had a good, like, just self-reflecting moment where he was like, you know, at the end of the day, I got to I gotta put the uh, communication that I have on the bench, I got to turn that onto the court. Because after all, like, he's an NBA player. And that's what he kind of mentioned. He's an NBA player. He's there to play basketball. He's not there to be... Yeah, uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but basically you know, what it came down to is he's not a cheerleader. Obviously, so. you know, as Mass fans, like we always, you know, we love Theo and regard him as, you know, our like bench guy and, you know, the the sort of spirit of the team. But at the end of the day, we do have to at least treat him with the same respect that, you know, he is a guy on this roster, you know, just trying to pine for minutes like the end, uh, the rest of everybody. And he, he honestly had a decent uh, day at camp. No, today. he did have a decent day. Uh, yeah, decent day at camp. Uh, he had mentioned that he'd been working out all summer. Like this is especially his shot. Yeah. You know, he does have a bit of a playmaking ability. I think it's undermined a little bit. He just has been a, you know, below 30% three point shooter every year he's been in the league. So that's what's kind of hampered him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he looks in much better shape. I know he mentioned working out all summer. This was, I think he said like, this was the best shape he's ever been in. And, uh, I think if we're going to see any sort of role for Theo Pinson, it would be this year, if any. Uh, I just don't know quite like what the roster is going to build. We don't know really who's going to emanate into this. Like who's going to be the last person in the rotation between Josh Green, Frank Nitlikina, Theo Pinson, Jaden Hardy. um, Jaden Hardy. Yeah. Like all basically four, four of those guards. You can throw Tyler Dorsey in there. Oh yeah. You need to throw Tyler Dorsey in there. I mean, people were overreacting Tyler Dorsey though, because today too, because like in his minute limited uh, scrimmage minutes, he had like, a couple missed threes and like mass fans were like, Oh, he should have just got his bag in Europe. And I'm like, I mean, he doesn't even know the system yet. Yeah, like, like, he's been here for like, like, just like, like, let, let's see like the preseason play out guys. Like before we start with these reactions. Um, but yeah, it, really intrigued to see how those, um, how those five guys end up fighting for that spot in the rotation. Cause it's really only maybe minutes for one or two of them Yeah, on, I, on a night to night basis. I think if we're putting a totem pole on this right now, of course, I think you, especially after that practice, you know, I think uh, Josh Green's your number one. And also, I'm going to say, well, I guess you have Frank. Like, Frank automatically has to be there. Just because, um, you know. Yeah, he's kind of relied upon a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think Jane Hardy's kind of. Number three. Yeah, I think he's I think he's raising. I think he's eyebrows. in the echelon right now, at least. We're just talking about strictly from this practice. He's probably above uh, Tyler Dorsey and. Um, Dio Pinson. Dio Pinson, yeah. But anyways, um, obviously, it's. Just training camp, guys. Let's not overreact. Let's see how they got how they uh, some of these guys play in preseason and uh, beginning of the regular season. But we will be back um, Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night. Yeah. Or yeah, either Saturday night, maybe Sunday night. We'll see how it goes. But um, with more Mavericks content for you uh, guys, haven't quite decided what we're going to be getting into on the next podcast. But we'll make sure to iron that out for you. When? Wh- let me. Wednesday night. I don't know what time, but Maverick basketball like end game officially kicks off oh yes Oklahoma and City. fan jam is smart oh, fan jam is smart yeah I'm at the uh, aac me and jaron unfortunately uh are not going to be able to attend but as we will much be as i'd love to skip work yes um but we will covering it uh we will be covering it as uh, much as we uh humanly possibly can um at work um on our phones um in you know complete 
negligence of our managers. Uh, yeah, because I mean, after all, like this is more important. So. Uh, vastly actually, more important. Though, like actually, it is more important. But no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, though, uh, we got we appreciate you guys. If you listen this far, make sure to follow us at Mainstream underscore Mavs on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever you're listening on. Give us a five star rating. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter if you guys have any comments, questions, or concerns, or would just like to talk Mavs. With that being said, we will see you guys in the next one. Joel Boogie.